live in person from Union Square. We're back with Nota Bene, and we got Mr. Freeman back from his European sojourn, his back. gap year or his gap fall. It felt like a fucking year. You were over there for a while, man. The last time we spoke, you didn't sound great. I mean, you didn't sound like physically bad, but you sounded a little bit beaten down and demoralized by by the EU. I mean, it was just, you know, day 14 of, uh, you know, dodging slow Europeans on sidewalks plus being on deadline, which, you know, uh, makes for a heady brew. Uh, let's just say that, that after we spoke, I found my story and did have a little bit of fun in Paris. Uh, but, you know, these are work trips, dude, you know. I'm I'm from pound the pavement. I'm familiar with it, but you uh you know it seemed like that your usual joy de verve about being out and about was was lacking. I'm not not saying this in a negative way. I felt bad for you. Well, I, okay. To be perfectly frank, uh, I had a little bit of a stomach bug going on, something that went around actually, and I'm and I'm not referring to the actual disease that 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 you think I am. It just was a stomach bug. I've tested negative several times, but that kind of just was a bummer. Yeah, um, I mean, you fuck with those snails, man. You yeah. fucking, you know, uh, actions have consequences. But, I, uh, but I, I, I bounced back, and uh, in the night after we potted, I met up with, you know, great friend of the pod, Locke Kressler, friend of the pod, uh, Dan Oglander. We put in some time uh, hanging out, which is nice, you know. Um, you deserved it. You deserved it. But you look great now. You look refreshed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, uh, uh, we haven't seen each other, but so it's nice to have you here live and in person. Um, so with a little bit of space with, you know, almost a half a week or so between you, uh, and Europe, um, any big meta takeaways from the two fairs who was up and who was down freeze V Fiac in terms of business vibe parties, et cetera. Well, I think back in you know the before times, there was always kind of a feeling that Freeze was the bigger, more important, more musty fair. And if you're you know debating the two of them, uh, I think that because they were back to back this year, uh, it kind of put them on somewhat uh, even playing fields. At least I thought so because I figured that everyone would go to Freeze and then stay for Fiac. What I didn't really anticipate was just the burnout uh, that a lot of people were feeling by the time Fiac rolled around. This was the third European fair in a month, uh, counting Basel, just a few weeks before that. And I think that people were a little exhausted when they were going into this Grand Palais Ephemeral, which is the you know temporary structure that the fair is in while the Grand Palais is under, con- under construction or you know, renovation. Um, and so... Yeah, I think Freeze had a lot more energy, a lot more uh, just vivacity in terms of just the people who were there, the action going on, and just like a lively market, whereas Fiat was a little sleepier. But, you know, Paris has some of the greatest museum shows I've ever seen in my life up right now. So I'm not saying that Paris was not good. It was great. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, we love to compare and contrast. I think two, uh, three European fairs in a month is too much. I mean, there's just, A, there's just not enough material from a commercial sense and just the the wear and tear. I mean, the poor, I, I can't think of any in particular but the, the the poor directors who 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 hit a hat trick. I mean, that's a lot mm-hmm. of standing around. Yeah, in, it really is, boots, man. I I can think of a few people who really were on the circuit uh, just as hard as I was, and uh, you know they were they were pretty tired. Well, I mean, I want I want to I want to give uh, our thanks for your service. We do have Veterans Day coming up for going and serving <laughs> instead of those of us who couldn't be there in person. Yeah. Um, for all three of them, because that's just a lot. Um, I like I had like. I would say it was less FOMO than I was worried about having. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I missed, you know, there's certain shows and exhibitions that I really would have liked to have seen in person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just trying to get back on this merry-go-round at the same speed is a non-starter. I um, mean, in, t- 
terms of, of stuff in London, you probably know what you missed. You know, nothing too, too egregiously unmissable. Uh, in Paris, you know, Mr. Pino's collection on view at the, yeah, the Bourse um, de Commerce is really fucking awesome. It's like, you know, just an incredible uh, just display of bravura art collecting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm from London. My big FOMO, which we discussed in the pod already, is Annika's presentation mm-hmm. at the Tate. I do, you know, business takes me to London fairly, fairly frequently. Um, outside of the, these major kind of uh, art fair things, so I will pop through, and I'm planning like maybe to do a hopscotch uh, on the way to Venice if the timing works out, so that yeah. I can pop into Paris just for a night. I think that's, I that's amenable. You know, I don't need to do. I don't, I don't need to do it all, and like maybe even do a night train from Paris to Venice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just an idea. It's 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 a long way away. Do um, it. My life is you know who knows who knows what will be happening then Mm -hmm. um i was holding it down here in the city i haven't seen a ton a ton of art i mean just popping to see some pictures kind of doing a lot of business on the old text messages Mm -hmm. but Um, you were just in dallas though i want to hear about dallas yeah well that's that's what i was gonna i was gonna segue into was back in dallas you know i spend a lot of time down there usually i mean almost probably six times a year i would guess Mm -hmm. uh work with a collection there that i kind of oversee and there's a there's a lot of art and, and we move it around a lot oh yes um so i hadn't been back since the pandemic in fact i was there like the day the nfl closed down with uh friend of the pod brendan uh and sanisha from karma gallery and the nba shut down we were downstairs in a bar that i don't think you're allowed to go into right now. i think you're still on the 86 let's list. put them just just on blast here midnight rambler if you still uh have my picture behind the bar it was a misunderstanding and i wasn't even the person who knocked on over that light fixture so i don't well, know i don't why. think you have to worry too much about it because the owner of that hotel as well as several other properties basically fired everyone the first week of uh, of the pandemic <laughs> so i think it's an all-new <laughs> staff situation so but we love the jewel we love the jewel yeah, yeah. midnight rambler aside i think it's it's easily the only place in dallas i'll stay and i cannot wait to go back to it but, yeah but, i don't know man i don't know I'm, I'm i'm more on the side of labor also those rooms could use a little bit of a refresh but it is a great i've had a lot of great times there and uh, it is a, a has a special place in my heart certainly fantastic pool the spa people sleep on which is great mm-hmm. um uh it's really nice oh uh, yeah really nice they get not only do you have the, not only do you have like the hot sauna and the steam and they do the shaved ice that you can just kind of go stand in oh baby anyway well enough of that um i was in dallas for two by two which is an important um art event which i obviously mentioned on the podcast last week um uh, a, a gala and auction supporting both amfar which is an aids research charity as well as the dma's contemporary art acquisition fund we raised and i say we in the most general of sense because very little of the money came out of my pocket although some did 11 million dollars in one that. event that's crazy 11 million putting, putting the uh two by two putting we love C- you dallas putting cindy and howard Ruchowski's um uh, event that they've been running for over 20 years well over the 100 million dollar mark of total funds raised which is incredible man. that's fucking Absolutely amazing incredible just all for um, an amazing cause this so is- it was it was a pretty cool evening Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think Rita Ora performed. Yeah, did, I, did you know who Rita Ora was before I, that I, night? I did not, Nate. But I yeah. have to say, anytime you can get a room full of mostly middle-aged and over uh, uh, folks up and dancing within the first song of your of your quick three or four song set, incredible. She rocked the house. She yeah, was good to hear. She was absolutely fantastic. I was blown away by her. Um, fantastic dinner. I was at a great table. I was sitting with, um, well, if he knew about the pod, I'm sure he'd be a friend of the pod. Uh, Nurk, uh, Dirk, uh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. He's a little bit taller than me, um, <laughs> uh, but a great guy. And he and his wife, Jessica, are patrons of the arts and friends of the DMA. I believe Jessica sits on the board of the museum. Mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki is a, a, a Mavs 
great. I mean, he's he's a Texas legend, and he's you know an incredible person to have at your table. Evidently, yeah. I've been scheduled to play some tennis with him he's the next time I'm in Dallas. Destroy and I'm you! Like I'm not prepared. It's embarrassing. I'm gonna have to find an excuse to beg off because it would just be it would just be humiliating. Um, <laughs> really, um, I'm may- gonna come and watch. May- that. Maybe uh, our past uh, guest um, uh, can come on and 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 be a ringer for me as my doubles I'm, partner. I want you to arrange this tennis game for when we're in Dallas in two weeks, and I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna live pod from it just to tell everyone. <laughs> How Dirk Nowitzki is fucking smoking. You I think just even even though it's an auditory medium, I think just the sound alone, everyone will know. <laughs> <laughs> as as the thwack of the ball and my tears. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, a couple of uh, highlights from you know. So there's a there's a silent auction, which is like I don't know, 150, 200 objects. And then there's a live auction, and four or five items, art items, uh, were in the live auction. Friend of the pod, Joel Messler, had a great painting that went for well over $200,000. Oh, yeah. um, it was a great, uh, a really cool painting with some dead bears. Mm. And then uh, uh, Nara had an incredibly scaled, like massive painting on cardboard, mountain on panel. Uh, went for uh, over $2 million, uh, helping to buoy the results. Super exciting vibe in the room. So sick. Unfortunately, I didn't see who purchased either of those works. I'm always I interested. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't see. We have some friends who are very interested in everything about this auction. Why weren't there like reporters who were there? Like you know, it's because it's both for you know it, it both is you know it has something to do with the art market and they we're selling things at an auction thing. But you know, it's not about that. It's about raising money. And there's certainly a real. Um, uh, there's a real focus on making sure that people that do acquire work there are keeping it for their personal collections and not trying to make a financial play right. there. So I don't, you know, but usually there are some press there just to, I mean, there are all sorts of bold-faced names in attendance. Yeah, who else is um, there? Yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I'm i there as a guest and not as a reporter, so I'm not <laughs> sure if it's my place. That's I'm even fair. feeling guilty if even mentioning Dirk's name was somehow declassé. Um, but, you know. Army it, Hammer didn't show up this year? Army was not there okay, this year. Right, okay, um, right, that I can that I can go on the record formally <laughs> as saying. Um, uh, but I mean, lots of art world personalities. I mean, it was really sweet. Nara. Every year they give an award to the artist, uh, uh, and this year Nara was being honored. And they, they the, the artist usually gives a, a nice painting to be auctioned off, and they have to get up and give a very short speech and, and receive a kind of you know like a deal trophy type glass award. And uh, some of the artists are a little bit you know kind of not really into that. The focus on them. Nara uh, both he was, he was clearly incredibly. Effective by the amount of admiration uh, that the town of Dallas, the city of Dallas, uh, gave to him. And he, he got a little dusty in there. It was super sweet. Although he came with his interpreter, he gave his uh, his short little speech in, in perfect English. Um, and what was interesting to me, actually, about who was and wasn't there, um, while his work was credited as courtesy of the artist, uh, Blum and Poe Gallery, as well as Pace, uh, and while um, uh, Tim Blum and Matt Bangzer from the Pace Gallery, a couple of other people from their stable were there and, and had a table that Nara was sitting at, uh, I, there might have been someone from Pace, but it certainly wasn't one of their key people. Mark was not in attendance, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, I know he has a busy schedule and all, but you know, I, I feel like Nara is an important part of that program. And, and when he's getting such an award in such a major art city, right. um, other great things about the about the weekend, the tours of these collections. These people open up their homes. Yeah, um, Who, who's how's did you get to? Uh, I mean, for me, the real highlight was Marguerite Hoffman's yeah, home, I mean, which was, it always was, is year after year. I mean, I saw some pictures. I mean, I haven't been to Marguerite's house in probably five years, six years, uh, which is way too long, and I hope to go back in a few weeks, if you're listening, Marguerite or, or anyone else in that family. Um, uh, but what what were the highlights? I mean, I saw an incredible Richter 
uh, candle paint. I mean, there's always the there's, Richter Creze. I don't think yeah. that really ever moves. Um, right. I think just a great. Um, there was a fantastic uh, officially in Vice uh, sculpture, like mm-hmm. a very, very important one with a Dana Schutz uh, above it, and the the play between the two was Wowza. major. Um, and then the also the great uh, counterposing in terms of the hang was um, kind of in in one of the in one of the buildings on the property was an incredible Julie Maritou painting counterposed with a side Twombly. Uh, Jesus shivers down the spine shit, bro. And just Damn. incredible taste, incredible passion. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, yeah, including their philanthropy. Um I did a couple <laughs> of a couple of artists really popped in the silent auction. So for those of you who, who haven't been, they do the the whole big gala music, live auction. Man, we're eating, just giving this shit drinking, to people for free, for free. Man. man. And then uh this the, is a the fucking Rich- masterclass. Listen up, y'all. Cindy and Howard Rachowski's home, which is a Richard Meyer designed, um, you know, really a, an incredible piece of architecture. I believe his first and certainly his most important uh uh, Meyer piece of residential uh, architecture. Um, yeah, that house fucking rips. It's rips, awesome. and it is it is itself a, the house itself is a promise gift to the Dallas Museum of Art, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty incredible. Yeah. I spent some time, a lot of time with Howard and Cindy there when I was writing a little piece about them and went through the the, the grounds for quite a number of hours. And man, it's just incredible. Um, and so, but after the whole dinner thing is that an after parties kind of begins to unfold in, in the backyard with like bowls of caviar and potato chips and a DJ, Howard takes interested parties through the live auction and closes the lots one by one. Um, you know, uh, uh, and oftentimes people will continue to bid as he, you know, as he attempts to close and he sort of becomes a de facto auctioneer himself in a way this year, it was at least new to me or I hadn't noticed before. He walked around, there's a couple of Sotheby's employees who's the auctioneer partner, uh, mm-hmm. with, with the event. Uh, on telephones to different clients, uh, letting them know where the item was. Amazing. Um, which dragged, which was great because it, you know it increased the fundraising total, but it definitely dragged the evening out. The last lot was closed a little bit after one a.m., <laughs> which was honestly just too late for me. But I stayed through it because I had some interest in things and, and was with a client who was interested in things. I know. A couple of the items that stood out to me was this uh, uh, Danielle McKinney painting, mm-hmm. uh, Silver Lining. People which love was a great Danielle painting. McKinney. Yeah, yeah uh, a night gallery artist, I believe, yep. um, that and that did uh, a, a tremendous amount of. Of, uh, I forget the exact number, but people were all over that. Um, uh, Lauren Quinn, a uh, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the pod and a yep. great Los Angeles-based painter. Tons of interest in this painting. People are just Man, gaga over it's it. It's happening. Yeah, it is happening. It was. A, I mean, it was a really beautiful thing. I was not that familiar with the practice previously, but um, was really happy to see that. Um, Avery Singer uh, gave a work on paper. That's what I want. Um, uh, that that did you know uh, you know over half a million dollars for for basically a drawing. Well, basically a printout, but kind of a drawing. Um, and then I just want to find one more thing that's in here. If I can flip through, there was a, an, an artist who I was not that familiar with. Um, uh, but who people were gaga over, and it was the last lot that was closed on the sale, which was um, uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of crazy. If you want to do a little uh, uh, a little um, soft shoe over there, while I find this. A little Zashu? Yeah, just, you know, kind of fill, fill the airtime as I as I hunt this down. Uh, Jen, Jenna Gribben, obviously, Jenna also Gribben. went Lo- quite, loves quite, Jenna quite high. Yeah. Um, I'm just bummed that I wasn't there. You know, I uh, always have plans to make it a 2 by 2 this year. I was in Paris and had to make it back to New York for a dinner. Um, you know, there's also a little auction happening in Las Vegas on the same night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we should, we should segue into that in a second. I just want to, I did find the, the, the artist in the picture that I was quite interested in and did tremendously well. This Justin uh, Cagot. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, really What's in- up with that guy? I mean, listen, honestly, uh, this was the first time I was becoming very aware of the work was this piece in the auction, a beautiful abstract painting from this year. Um, and he works with um, modern art in London. 
Um, and uh, I love the title of the painting, Solar Anus. So I'm not sure if that Great. had to do with the with the really strong result. And Solar it, Anus. Yeah, and evidently That's we'll have invitable. some museum or quasi-museum institutional shows coming up in Dallas. So people were gaga over this. It was beautiful. There were like six phone lines. It was Amazing. at 1 o'clock in the morning Dallas time, which is, I think, 2 a.m. New York. Uh, and you can do people the math. Want, they want it, you know? Yeah, people, well, I think what I was seeing, and not just this and other things I'm hearing, this kind of buzz of the return of abstraction. We've been in a moment market-wise in any case, if not curatorially, where um, where uh, realism or, or, or you know quasi-realism, um, kind of paintings that look really great on Instagram or mm-hmm. over digital, digital modalities have been the hot thing. Um, and I feel like we're seeing a bubbling of a return of an abstraction, uh, both both in terms of what people are interested in their own lives and certainly market-wise. Um, I'm fucking so, into it. Yeah, yeah. So j- just be yeah. aware. Be aware. I'm giving you out the good stuff for free. You didn't have to pay a retainer for that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I'll send you my Venmo or Cash App if you're interested. Um that's it from Dallas. It was a great night, super fun. It was great just to see, you know, like all these things recently, just great to see the world returning to some degree of normalcy. It was mm-hmm. super safe. You had to test on site in Dallas. They handled it all. Amazing. Uh, and it was, it was really seamlessly, seamlessly done, um, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, I guess we should talk about what went down in, in Las Vegas. I mean, I, I'm mad that we weren't there really it seemed like it was a complete party i mean they were just like selling steve wins picassos from the restaurant picasso as we discussed on the pod and they did gangbusters over 100 mil i think yeah 109 mil for 11 picassos and the great quote i saw was because a lot of uh, there was a couple major or fairly fairly important pictures or, or, or desirable pictures in any case and there were a couple of smaller things some kind of whack uh ceramics that weren't even his best ceramics no they but were they, like pretty, <laughs> but pretty they shot busted. they shot way past the estimates you know selling for six seven hundred thousand dollars and you know uh, a rising tide really means that like even even the poor work was selling incredibly I mean, the people who well. buy this, do, do they know that, like, Pablo just did this shit, like, in a few minutes? Like, like he would make three paintings a day. These ceramics are not where his head was at. Like, I mean, some of this were, I mean, listen, there are some great Picasso ceramics. And the great thing is you can still, up until a couple years ago, buy one for five, $6,000, which yeah. was cool. Um, you know, I think there was a little bit of an element. Obviously, there was some serious players involved, but it feels a little bit of an element to, like, one of those auctions that you hear about on cruise ships, right? With, like, a <laughs> yeah. lot of, like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of Dali prints and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Charlie was really just doing it up there, uh, you know, Chucky, Chucky, Chuck, 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 <laughs> Bobula, Bobula. You're 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 running a you're CEO of a major corporation. I mean, you're pretty good at the Instagram. I'm not going to say it isn't good content because the content. content is good. It's great. We love it. It's I would so actually, fun. I would love to know. Uh, I mean, is there a strategy behind it? He does make it really. Um, I think accessible. That, it must be yeah, a strategic I think decision. He's just trying to get like you know, just like the normal dudes, like who are pulling in like you know a few hundo like per year at their hedge funds to go in and buy some wine at Sotheby's and buy like. You know, a fucking car, maybe, if you, they have some serious Yeah, with their partnership like, with RM Auctions. Yeah. Listen, Mr. Stewart, we would love to host you down here in Union Square. We're not, well, I'm not coming up to York Avenue. I want you to come hang out in the office no, and we have can, a little We can pod. come up to York Avenue if you really need us to. But, you know, I think we'd have a blast. Only if you provide can, San Ambrose sandwiches. San Ambrose sandwiches. And for me and you, Charlie, just we'll uncork a, a nice bottle. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's enough about that. Neither of us are there, but a, a fun little thing. Um, other art, is, there's been some uh, semi-breaking news, and it sounds like, at least according to the canvas, uh, the Independent Art Fair has locked in its dates for the coming season in the spring here in New York. It looks like they're going with May 5th to 8th, which will make them run concurrently with TAFAF New York. Um, and it seems like there's... And, and freeze. And, and freeze potentially a little bit later. That opens, I think, uh, on the 8th. 
well, I guess they haven't said as of yet. Freeze usually is the first week of May. Yeah, yeah. So, so independent is is not going to be in the fall anymore. It's going to go back to the spring. Yeah. Um. So it seems like they're trying to have basically an, a New York Arts Month, Arts Week. That's usually when the the major auctions are. Uh huh. Um. And uh, although we have some auctions coming up here in just a couple of weeks, they're spread out a little bit awkwardly over a couple of weeks. We'll discuss that in a future pod. Yeah. And I'm just I want to give people a heads up. We will be getting into that in depth with uh, I think Locke Kressler is going to come back and join us and Shout break out down. Locke. Break Locke and down I got something's a, going a, on. a martini at my favorite bar in Paris, maybe the world, Harry's Bar. Do they remember you there? Uh, yeah, they remember me. One time I went in there, like, off the train from, like, fucking, I don't know, Spain or something, and literally just had them call hotels until they got me a room. This Amazing. Was, Amazing. Yeah. That's customer yeah. service. You yeah, don't, you know, know. That's, that's old world stuff. Like, the fucking bartender. It was, it was beautiful. It was great. <laughs> what, what kind of dodgy shithole did you end up in, though? <laughs> Uh, it was it was an acceptable room. It was Na- the place that the Harry's bartender would put you up in. Nate you know? has exceptional taste, except maybe when it comes to accommodations. <laughs> hey man, in working, my experience, working on a budget here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Listen, we all are. Uh, some are just bigger than others. <laughs> all right. So, um, what, so what's I think Jeremy's b- putting in his newsletter. Um, uh, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Um, so I think then we we both uh, at different times were able to attend the new museum triennial yesterday. That's right. And it you was. Did. I mean, I'd like to get your impressions. I loved it. I love everything from the title, which is "soft water, hard stone," which is a beautiful phrase and mm-hmm. a beautiful sense of the ability to to mitigate change with kind of like uh, with a very you know a seemingly very innocuous, very unpowerful. Um, uh, uh, modality against something that's super strong and hard like stone, but the way mm-hmm. that over time that is something as amorphous and all encompassing as water can affect change. Yeah, um, and that for me is what art can be. And I thought the show was beautiful, beautifully installed. For me, the best triennial I've seen, or at least that I recall in real detail. Um, it wasn't very market driven at all. It was, no, but but it also didn't feel it didn't feel as though a choice was made to be purposefully anti market. They just went where the the curatorial um, vision kind of brought them, and so interesting because you know the entire triennial really was assembled, you know, virtually because it's a, it's a very international show with artists from all over the world. I think twenty three countries, as I recall from the yeah. press release. I talked to Jamila and Margot, the, the curators, and and they they gotten started a little bit in twenty nineteen, even I think in the end of twenty eighteen. So they they had done a bunch of in person studio visits before you know shit hit the fan, uh, and then I think we're able to do some mask on studio visits as well. Once we got the vaccines, so uh, I I know, and of course they did a ton of virtual ones. But um, what I really liked about it is that it it didn't have necessarily market impact, but it has an incredibly good just like visual impact, as well as if you dig Agreed. in more, uh, a really like thoroughly constructed sort of like um, uh, uh, just principle behind it and i think that uh jamila and margo like really just came up with some kind of like energy between the two of them that that it brought this group of artists together and you know it's a lot of artists i never heard of a few artists that i know and i'm very excited about but have been showing in small lower east side galleries and now they have this ginormous space and they can really let their practices just explode i um, mean for me it was like 98 percent artists i'd never heard of mm-hmm. uh, uh if not more so um, I thought it was such interesting. It was beautifully installed, an amazing use of a problematic space. Um, 
And there was like lots of like strands that I think came together. I'm not sure if it was purposeful. I mean, a lot of handmade, uh, found objects and yep. handmade, but mm-hmm. not not funky, but really well made. But like really, the artist's hands were evident. Um, a lot of craft, I would say, uh, or quasi craft, um, mm-hmm. um, was 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 apparent. Um, and uh, yeah, in a real sense of of the looking inward, uh, of trying to affect notions of change, but not. In an overtly political way, in a right. very, a very interior way, which I think is something we could be grappling with coming out of the pandemic. We all had to get to one degree or another so inside ourselves. Exactly. Like instead of like doing what past panels have done and kind of like grouping a bunch of artists who are like systems based artists or like you know very sort of uh, new media type artists. It's it's you know artists who are actually sort of more. Uh, uh, you know, folky, if that makes sense, you know, yep. like using, you know, found objects and, and, and working with their hands, um, but investigating the dying systems that uh, are, you know, we're inhabiting, whether it's like a post-industrial town in, in Massachusetts uh, that is like just collapsing before our eyes, or it's like, you know, light fixtures from um, abandoned office buildings in Athens, Greece, you know, like uh, a lot of artists were really just like, you know, Diving into like how this world is disintegrating in front of us. Yeah, I would say there was an element of institutional critique, mm-hmm. uh, but not the kind of '90s institutional critique, or it was necessarily specifically about modes of display right. or the architecture of the institution. It was really about uh, broader institutions and yeah. critiquing them, but in a very quiet, like as I said before, not a didactic, not a not a here it exactly. is kind of way, in a very subtle way that made you question how things mm-hmm. are structured the and most, why they're structured. The most overt institutional critique. I think was the work who's I, thought, I can't remember the name, but it was about the the different commutes that that employs the new museum. Incredible yeah. piece, incredible yeah, really, really artwork. Great. I love that. If you're if you're smart enough, you could spot Massimiliano's community, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. It was it was like a mapping project. I got a lot of Hans Hacke systems based stuff out of it. Yeah, it's really um, nice. and it just basically mapped different different workers at the museum, what their commute was, the mode of their commute, what they did during it, and how mm-hmm. it, how it changed, uh, yeah. if at all, during the pandemic. Um, so a lot of class issues, kind of issues that the new museum has been forced to reckon with recently i yeah. thought were brought up in that piece but in a very subtle not overt way and i think it was also beautiful it's a beautiful thing to look at um also um rose saline rose that saline saline big uh, fan huge big fan, rose huge fan um but in a similar way was looking at systems through she had um worked with uh she had bought a collection of rings that had been discovered by so lit. Uh, someone so who uses a metal good. detector on the beach of atlantic city she had discovered all these rings she took them to uh she you know it was, it was beautifully kind of each ring was mounted uh, in a frame with three or four others and she went through she took them to a gemologist or like a pawn shop figured out what they were worth like just based on their on their metal content also went to a psychic and had the psychic interpret what mm-hmm. they what what they found or what they totally felt bonkers. holding the ring super bonkers so it was both um it was a many way it, she was using many different ways to make sense of these objects mm-hmm. um, or to make them legible in different ways and i thought that was really beautiful i want to place that work i fucking loved it um mm-hmm. yeah i mean like there were a ton of highlights. I don't think we have time to go into. No, no. I just I, I want to, a couple others. This guy uh, who I think ha- is more well known, but I w- it was a relatively new pra- uh, pra- practice to me. Cahill Robert Irving doing oh my these God. incredible Those ceramics. Divine. The ceramics are some of the most like mind blowing ceramics I've seen in some time because like they truly. Uh, 
encapsulate the world um, in a really funny, sad, trenchant, um, and gorgeous way. They're so impeccably made, and they sort of fold in screenshots from the internet and memes and and sort of like things that he found walking around St. Louis. Um, and it's just really fucking incredible. You could spend you know ten minutes on each ceramic just checking it out. They're great. Yeah, really, really incredible stuff. I mean, again, we don't want to go through all of them, and I don't want and to leave anyone I, I out because one but. really quick one, Umbar Wellman's gigantic painting. I think it's, it's the only painting in the show, except for um, uh, there, there were three pa- three real painters, maybe four if you yeah. count another practice. And Vera uh, Wellman, uh, she had this just fabulous, like history painting sized work, and it's just you know it's people on a beach fighting, copulating, you know, uh, just like doing drugs, just hanging out, and it's just like massive scale, uh, and it's just really incredible to see after you know. Uh, so little painting, you just see this gigantic painting, um, and uh, that was a highlight for me. Again, there there was just so much to really just dig into. I highly recommend. Yeah, uh, no, no, going of, as soon of, as of course. I mean, Cynthia Dagnall's paintings oh, also were, were absolutely incredible. Oh God, yeah, uh, that's a complete suite of paintings. It's kind of one work, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't want to get too much into the individuals, but I thought it was an incredible show. I've never really, um, the trinals have never hit for me the way this one did. And honestly, as far as group shows go, museum group shows, this is one of the better cohesive ones that I've seen in an incredibly long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, this could be, if you were to upscale this, this could certainly be a documental level exhibition as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, it would have to be, you know, probably three times the size. As I said, scaled up, scaled (laughs) up. Um, It certainly Um, had the vision. Go check it out. I think it opens to the public tomorrow. Maybe you'll go tonight. Um, Yeah, I I think I'm going to go back just because, you know, um, my wife hasn't seen it and... You know, we live a few blocks away. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm certainly going to go back. I still haven't seen the Greater New York. I think I need to read the two of them against each other. Um, mm. That is it That's for it. my agenda. Do you have anything else? No, I mean, you know, I'm psyched for the new David Zwerner space that opens tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, uh, it, it is operated by a friend of the pod, Ebony Haynes, which is going to be really fun. Um, there's some performance stuff going on this week, which I'm going to check out. Madeline Hollander has a performance tomorrow. Can't wait for that. We'll discuss all of that on the pod next week. Okay, I believe, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for our lunch that's coming up. Where are we going? Going to Resdora, dude. Let's let's book it. Let's get some pasta. We get ten minutes to get there. All right. Okay, shit. We gotta this go. This is Nota Bene. Nota Bene out. Out.